The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. Great to have everybody here tonight as we get ready to kick off a great paranormal discussion. I did say discussion, even though it was a little bit uh, slurred. Uh, we're going to be talking with Rick McCallum tonight. Now, Rick, the funny thing about all of this is when Slick Eddie handed me the uh, report, basically he puts together a bunch of information for me as I do my prep for the show. I didn't realize how much Rick and I had in, co- in common. I haven't met Rick, but the list of people that we're going to be talking about that does a lot of the work with Rick, whether it's his filmmaking, because he is a Hollywood stuntman, or it's the ghost hunting that he does, because he's passionate about that. Many of the people that he works with and does all of this with are friends of mine. That makes it even more interesting on a personal level. But his stories are fantastic. He's written a book. It's called Ghosts Believe in Me, which is kind of you know a, a play or a reverse on the old uh, adage that uh, I believe in ghosts. Uh, but no, Ghosts Believe in Me is the name of Rick's book. And he shares a lot of uh, stories and investigations and, and uh, maybe some even insights of his work with people like Kane Hodder, R.A. Miloff, um, and others who are icons, basically, in horror films. So this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I'm really looking forward to it. Before we get to that, I encourage you to subscribe to our channels. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We also have um, a, a, a fairly active Twitch channel. We're trying to make it more active. So if you're there, please follow. And if you can, subscribe. That's always helpful. If you do subscribe on Twitch, I recommend you connecting it to your Amazon Prime account because then there's no fee to subscribe. It makes it all part of the, uh, the your Amazon Prime thing, and there's no additional cost or anything, which makes it really, really nice. So please do that. Also, you can find us on uh, Facebook, and I think that's that's really, those are the hot spots, I guess, if you will. So we're going to be talking about ghosts tonight, paranormal investigating, and a little bit of filmmaking, which is, uh, they're all things that I love talking about. So we should have no shortage of things to chat about. Hello to everyone in our chat room. Good to see everybody filing in as we kick off a Tuesday night's program here. So let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll do uh, what we said we're going to do. Talk with Rick McCallum tonight about ghost hunting, filmmaking, and anything else he wants to chat about. Because there's certainly a lot to discuss with Rick. Looking forward to it. It's beyond reality. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month, less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program provide great interviews for you during the course of the week i thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Thank you so much for being with us tonight. I always love it when we get an opportunity not only to talk about ghosts and ghost hunting, but also to talk about it with someone who is uh, genuinely passionate about it. Our guest tonight is Rick McCallum. He's been a professional stuntman and an actor and a stunt coordinator for over 35 years. He's got more than 75 movie and TV project credits to his name. He's been in many, many horror films, which is another part of this conversation I love. Most notably, Hatchet 2. And I'm not going to tell you right now what the significance of that is, but as our conversation uh, gets underway, Rick will tell you. Uh, Rick, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's a real honor to have you with us tonight. Well, glad to be here. I'm not even sure where to start because so many things that you do are things that I love talking about. So we're going to have no no shortage. In fact, we'll probably run out of time before we run out of topics. Uh, but let's start a little bit with your acting career. When did you get started, and did you start as an actor, a stuntman? How did this path work out for you? Well, I actually started as a stuntman in 1982 in a 
Chuck Norris movie called Lone Wolf McQuaid. Oh, wow. And I did a fight scene with Chuck. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone on to lose fight scenes to Billy Blanks, Russell Wong, Don the Dragon Wilson, and uh, Angie Harbin. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anybody wins against Chuck. <laughs> No. Um, you, you've done a lot of uh, horror films as well, and I don't know if you know anything about my history, probably not, but I, uh, I produce, in addition to doing this program, I produce a series of horror film conventions called Scaricon, and so a lot of the people that we're going to be talking about tonight that you've worked with or you've uh, ghost hunted with are people that are actually friends of mine, so we have a lot in common there, but... When it comes to the Hatchet series, one of the things you indicate as a highlight of your career, something that you really like uh, as a fond memory, I suppose, was your work in Hatchet 2. Tell me why, because you, you mentioned it in, in your information here, and I think it's a great story. Well, actually, I was in all four of the Hatchet movies, but uh -huh. because, I was, because I was doubling Kane, a lot of people didn't know that. But in Hatchet 2, I actually played a character, which was, which was real nice. Uh, Adam Green called me up, and he got this... Uh, asked me to play this part, and I was real happy to do it. But the thing that was so nice about it is uh, I actually get killed by Kane, who's my best friend. And I get killed by Kane in a very nasty way. Um, Colton Dunn, who is also in the movie, he was the comic relief of the movie. He and I are hunting out in the swamp for Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley comes out with an eight-foot saw blade, and we start shooting him, and he just keeps walks right through it, and my gun jams, and Colton runs and hides behind me. And I'm trying to unjam the gun, and he takes the chainsaw and sticks it between my legs. And because Colton's right behind me, it goes between his legs, and he lifts us both in the air on the chainsaw in our private area, if you get my drift, <laughs> and uh, saws us both in half right through the top of the head, and we just split apart and fall on two different sides. So... It's really violent. It's it's cooler than heck. I'll tell you that. The uh, Adam Green is a good friend of mine as well. I've uh, worked with him on trying to resurrect his television show, which you may or may not be familiar with. It was called uh, Holliston. Oh, sure. Yeah, great show. He did such a terrific job with that. It was a real shame when uh, FearNet got bought by Chiller, I think it was, and the show, they absorbed everything and canceled all the shows. But uh, but Hane, if, or Kane Hodder, if any, if, for folks who may not be as familiar with the with the horror film genre, Kane is a, is a, just an icon in horror. And in the Hatchet films, he plays the villain. The villain's name is Victor Crowley. And the last film in the series of the Hatchet series is actually called Victor Crowley, if I remember correctly. Um, but Kane is a great guy, too. And the fact that you ghost hunt with Kane, and we're going to get into that, uh, it fascinates me. Is Kane uh, as, as, as much of a tough guy when he's ghost hunting as he is in person or in the films? Well, I got to tell you, I get asked all the time, "What is Kane like?" Because I, I know I've known Kane now for about forty years. Wow! Um, and I always tell him, I said, "Well, to be honest with you, you know, all the vicious, nasty people that he that he plays in the movies, he's not like that. He's he's actually worse." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he is so intimidating when you don't know him, and he just he puts on this intimidating thing. You know, if you're at a convention and you walk by him, he'll scare the crap out of you. But then, you know, and, and I know you're uh, uh, good friends with him, so you know that, uh, you know, when you when he takes that, that facade off, if you will, he's, he's such a great guy and uh, just so such a, a wonderful and a treat to talk to in his experiences. I mean, he was, did you meet him as a stuntman? Because that's, that's kind of his roots, right? Yeah, actually, I met him on Lone Wolf McQuaid, the first movie I did. Oh, wow. And you've been friends ever since. When did you realize that the two of you had a, uh, a common interest in the paranormal? You know, that actually happened quite a while while later. Uh, I have always had an interest in it. I, I have been doing it since um, I was 13 years old. Um, we were doing a movie in Mansfield Prison where they shot the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. And as we were walking through there, we were coming back about 2 or two o'clock in the morning, and we're way back at the cell block. Anybody who's ever seen Mansfield knows what I'm talking about. It's a very horror movie-looking place. The, the bars are rusted. There's moonlight coming in. It's, it's The atmosphere for ghost hunting was right on the money. So we're walking along, and Kane goes, hey, let's ghost hunt. Now, I never told them I was into ghost hunting. So this kind of came out of the blue, and I said, well, yeah, let's do it. 
So we, I was going up. He was staying on the bottom. I was going up into the upper tiers and going through stuff. And I came back down, and we saw a shadow man ahead of us. Oh, wow. And uh, I turned around to tell Kane, and he was gone. I thought to myself, I said, oh, Christ, even the big scary Jason guy runs away. <laughs> and I turned around, and I looked, and he was actually had run behind me, and he was going towards the shadow. And I went, all right, if I'm ever going to start a group, this is the guy that's going to be the first, you know, going to be my co-founder. So Kane and I count, um, co-founded the Hollywood Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from then on, we've been on, like, on ghost adventures. We've, you know, we've done many places, but not lately because all three of us have been doing a lot of different stuff in a lot of different places. Like uh, R.A. Mihailov, who plays Leatherface, yeah, on ghost hunts with us. And, you know, he's, you know, we're actually very far away from each other, so trying to get together is not as easy as it used to be. Um, but, you know, whenever we do a movie or something, we try and find, you know, the local haunted location and go hit it. I know your childhood and basically all of your life uh, has had this odd uh, intersection with paranormal phenomena to, to the point where when you were a kid, uh, I believe you lived in a haunted house. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of all this, because it's what made you so fascinated in the topic today. Oh, absolutely. Actually, my very first uh, paranormal experience, my grandfather had died in one of those uh, cleaning the gun accidents. Oh, geez. And, uh, you know, I'm, I am doing the italics. Okay, but, gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, my mother, you know, I was living with my mother in Chicago, and she had very little money. But, you know, and, and her dad had not left her any money for the funeral or anything. So we actually, he wanted to be buried in Paducah, Kentucky. So we jumped on a train uh, with him in it, you know, in the baggage, obviously, and right. got down there, took him over to the funeral home. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, we were on very tight budget, we wanted to stay somewhere close to the, you know, the cemetery, which was, you know, not too far. So we walked into town and we saw this building that was perfect for any kind of, you know, like if you want to do a recast of, of Psycho, this was the place you'd do the movie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it had the, the neon outside the window that was, you know, broken and flashing. And I mean, it was, you know, it was bad, you know, not real bad part of town, but not a great part of town. Right. And we went inside, and like I say, I'm 13 at the time, and my mother says, uh, do you have any rooms left? The guy goes, well, I have one. And she goes, well, how much is it? And he told her, she goes, uh, and the guy goes, but I have to tell you, it's haunted. Now, my reaction to that was like, woohoo! You know, <laughs> this is like getting a golden ticket to Disneyland, right? I'm right. going to stay at a haunted hotel, yes! So we take the hotel room, we go upstairs, and it's like a volleyball court, but sideways, Right? Okay. It's all wood. Uh-huh. And the two beds are on the far walls. There's pro- probably 20 feet between them. And we were both tired from everything that had gone on, a lot of emotion, a lot of travel. And, you know, we hopped into bed. In the middle of the night, I hear my mother scream. So, you know, I jolt up in bed, and I turn around and look at her, and her bed is just zooming across the floor right towards me. Oh, wow. And then I realized that my bed was zooming right across the floor right towards her, and the two beds smashed together in the middle of the room. And we just looked at each other, and finally she just said, uh, I guess that guy downstairs is right. Wow. So we actually went about trying to figure it out. So we actually, my mother was very smart. We got a, a glass and laid it on its side and tried to roll it to see if the floors were warped. Nothing happened. I went over and I said, okay, let me try this. And I took the, my bed back to where it was, and I got behind it, and I shoved it, and it went three feet. Now, these beds went 10 feet apiece. Right. So we had no way of, uh, you know, really figuring that one out. So after that, boy, I had that hook in my mouth, you know, like you can't believe. I was hooked so deep. It was, it was uh, I was done. Yeah. I mean, that's not a small experience to be a, an introduction to this type of thing. That's a pretty monumental experience. Yeah. It, I mean, it was very much over the top, you know, uh, the there was no explanation for it. Well, you know, we, we at first thought that maybe the floors were warped and a truck had gone by outside and the vibration made the two things go to the middle. But sure. floors, weren't, floors weren't warped. 
<laughs> did you, in retrospect, do you have any idea of what may have caused? I mean, because the person in the hotel said the room is haunted. Obviously, that activity pre preceded you being there. It's happened happened before. However, knowing that you're, you know, you were there for your grandfather and what happened to your grandfather, do you have any thoughts that maybe your grandfather had something to do with that? You know what? I have never thought of that. What do you think now? Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's 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 a really good question. Sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes, and I'm sure you've learned this from your investigating and your research on this stuff, but sometimes a location has the energy to manifest the haunting. And depending on who's in that room or that place, you know, the, the spirits will be different. It'll be specific to whoever's in there. And it's just the energy of the location that gives, you know, that, that gives, uh, you know, gives the spirit, if you will, the, the energy to manifest whatever activity it, is, activity it is. Most people assume it's one ghost staying there all the time, but it could be, you know, just the place. Well, what other people seem to forget too is it may be them, right? That is that is haunted, right? You know, right. I've, I've had so many people, you know, call me up and say, you know, I lived here and the place was really haunted. Now I moved and it's really haunted over here, and then we moved again, it's really haunted. And I said, well, have you ever considered the fact that maybe it's you, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't go to all that many haunted houses. You know, there's not that many of them around. That every time you move, you're in one of them, right? Right. Was, um, was there a history of uh, any kind of paranormal, paranormal activity in your family, specifically with your mom, that you're aware of? Yeah, but I did not know it until just before she passed. Uh, my mother was like a miracle. She had stage four lung cancer, which is like a very short. Yeah. You know, once they give it to you, you you pass. Yeah. She li- she lived for fifteen years. Oh wow. Even even her doctor said, "Here comes the miracle patient." But wow. you know, all good things come to an end. And sure. I had gone back to Chicago, and I was there for four months, taking care of her. And just the way she she liked to sleep in a recliner for most of her life, and just the way the house was set up was a long row house, and she could see the back door. You'd you'd be through the living room, through the hallway, through the kitchen, and to the back door. And she's sitting there, and she looks up, and she goes, "Oh, the Indian is back." Mm. Oh, Indian? What are you talking about? She goes, oh, the Indian. He he pops up down there by the door, and he stands there, and he just looks at me. And I said, what? And she goes, yeah. And I said, and it never dawned on you to tell me this. Yeah. Right? I said, you know, I'm kind of well-known in the in the ghost hunting world. You might have brought this up. Right? She goes, oh, well, you know, I know he doesn't mean me any harm because he just stands there and looks at me. I figure he's protecting me. I said, Okay. And she goes, and she smiled, and, you know, that, that little sneaky smile, you know, when yeah. they got a secret. She yeah. looked at me, she goes, I've seen ghosts my whole life. And we had never talked about it until just before she passed. Wow. Wow. Uh, that must have put a bit of a shiver down your spine. Well, yeah. Yeah, and and my dad saw a ghost his whole life. So, uh, you know, and they were apart from each other all the time. So um, it, it just... I guess I never had a chance. Well, that's, you know, it was, sounds yeah, gonna, yeah, it sounds to me like you had the genetic makeup to have some type of sensitivity that you know not everybody gets. Well, I think that's true. I, I do think, and I know this is going to sound a little out there, a little new age and stuff like that. But I do think whatever your spirit is. Matter of fact, I will tell you my motto. My motto is: somebody asked me on a radio show, you know, how did you get started? And, and what I said was. Uh, Actually, somebody made a poster of it and sent it to me, so I've kept it. I, I said, uh, well, I went out many years ago seeking spirits, and then magic happened. Hmm. I found mine. Ah. Now, now, I think, seriously, with all due respect to everything, I think when you do find your spirit, spirits find your spirit. Because after that happened, I've gotten activity... I mean, even even like world class ghost hunters will just look at me and go, "Man, you know how how's that happen?" I said, "I don't know. I guess they just like me, you know." Wow. So, so the, I want to go back to the creation of Hollywood Ghost Hunters because you and Kane are are, are filming right at at Mansfield. Yeah, and mm-hmm. R.A. was there also, but he had just left. Okay, and uh, you decided to just kind of, you know, let's hey, let's go ghost hunting a little bit. You have an experience with a shadow person, which is amazing, and that actually that facility is known for that too. 
uh, and our, uh, 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 Kane uh, doesn't run away but runs toward, and you say, that's my kind of guy for a group. Uh, so you, you present this idea to Kane. What's he say? You want to start a ghost hunting group, Kane? And what does he say? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was into it as well. He's probably had a, a similar fascination for much of his life then? Well, he actually grew up on uh, Kwajalein Island, um, oh. which a lot of people don't know. Um, and it's a very, very small island. And he used to go around to the Japanese bunkers, you know, the the battle encampments, you know, that they had, yeah. you know, uh, where they had their, uh, you know, their uh, cannons and whatever else on the beach, you know, facing the water and stuff. So he used to go off by himself and go in there trying to see if he could catch anything when he was a kid. So, Wow. So when you when you started to put the idea and form the, the, the nucleus of this group, what was your intention? What were you thinking you were going to do with the group? Ghost hunt. You know, I know that a lot of people, and we had several people come to us and say, we'd like you to do a TV show. Um, matter of fact, I, I will tell you, and I think you will like this, I went a very, very big production company, and I went there and I was talking to the guy, and the guy says, well, he says, this all sounds fantastic. You know, we, we can sell this. He says... But what can we do if you're not finding anything? And I said, what are you suggesting? And he goes, right. well, you know, it is, you know, we do have to keep people interested. I said, well, let me put this as straight as I can. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. You know, so we are not going to ever get, you know, anybody say we ever find right. evidence or right. anything else. Because right. I'm just, you know, yeah, first that- off. Kane's Kane's more than famous enough that he doesn't have to do stuff like that, right? You know, and he's a man of integrity, mm-hmm. and I like to think I am too. So I mean, that's just there's too much real stuff to have to fake stuff. Well, that's it. That's it. Anybody who does any of this type of work, uh, ghost hunting, I was involved with the TV show Ghost Hunters, so we we did a lot of it. You know that even though it's it doesn't happen all the time, if you're mm-hmm. patient, if you're patient and you're thorough. You catch stuff. It happens. You can get this evidence that you need. And if you're filming a TV show, you're going to have it. But it's when they try to cheap it out that they they ask people to do things that are less than savory. And uh, you start getting some of this type of uh, these types of characters involved. Yeah. Well, actually, I will tell you, I just got off the phone with Jay Bloomkey. So I'm sure pretty sure you know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, there's actually uh, I live two blocks away from Pilgrim. Pilgrim, oh, uh, <laughs> their 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 uh, office right over here on Chandler. Oh, cool! All right, so yeah, right, in, can, the na- right in the neighborhood. I could throw a rock out the window and break theirs. Matter of fact, I just might. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them I had anything to do with it, please. No, no, no. I'll, I'll take the blame. <laughs> so, uh, so you you and Kane decide to do this. Um, at what point did you bring Ra in? And is it is it just the three of you in the whole group right now? No, there's actually a bunch of us, but it's pretty much been confined to. Uh, maybe five or six of us that go ghost hunting. Uh, R.A. has not been able to ghost hunt for, for quite a while because he is now living in a different state. Yeah. Um, so that's that's mostly lately because Kane uh, is at a convention every weekend. Right. And if he's not, he's doing a movie. Yeah. And if he's not doing that, when he finally gets some time away, he likes to go spend time with his wife and kids. Yeah, suppose, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's getting harder and harder. And because I have been doing a great deal of it by myself. As a matter of fact, I go to Scotland every year for a month to ghost hunt. Oh, wow. And uh, I've actually been lucky. There's a great group over there. And I would say they are as good a ghost hunting group as there is. Uh, it's called Scottish Paranormal. And these guys are so into it. They actually have a research center right in the middle of town that people can stop into. So, but uh, I was lucky they made me an honorary lifetime member and uh, after ghost hunting with me several times, actually put me in their Hall of Fame. And the only reason I bring that up is because I'm not in any other Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't expect to be in any other one, so I got to brag on that one. Sure. Hey, take, take <laughs> yeah. it where you can get it, right? Um, yeah. What do you think the differences in attitudes are between, say, uh, American ghost hunters versus European, but specifically UK or British Isles uh, ghost hunters? Well, I will tell you, the U- the U.K. Uh, experience, I I don't know if you've been over to uh, Scotland or any Ireland or England or anything like that, but the, uh, the experiences are much more intense and extreme. Um, you know, I mean, in my book, I relay a thing where, you know, I thought I was very close to being dead. So, I mean, it, get, it 
it's very strong. People have to remember that, you know, those places have been there for thousands of years. That's right. Right. Over here, we've been pretty much 300. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, um, but no, the, the everybody over there takes spirits very uh, seriously because they they are in abundance in in the UK. Well, not only are the are the places that you're talking about so much more um, historic and and have been there for so much longer, but there is so much. And not that not that we don't have our share of tragedy, we do. But there is so much tragedy and war and you know uh, suffering that's occurred all over all over Europe and particularly the British Isles that you can't help but expect there's there's a lot of that energy there that would fuel paranormal activity. Oh, you know, you you can walk down the street, and I and I do this all the time because you know I'm not married and I have kids. I don't have a dog. I don't have a girlfriend. I mean, I go ghost to, to meet ghosts. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I will be walking down the street, and automatically I'll just go, oh, boy, <laughs> yeah. here we are. You know, it's gotten to the point, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people do this, too. I can walk into a building and usually tell you if it's haunted within the first five minutes. Do you consider, do you consider yourself a psychic at all, Rick? No, no, I, I, I don't. I would say that uh, the best thing to say is that uh, I would call myself a sensitive. Okay. Although I did have one very strong psychic. Uh, thing happened to me a couple of years ago, tell us, and yeah, uh, tell us about that was that was <laughs> that was really something. To just tell you the truth, we did a uh, an energy circle at this place that we were ghost hunting at, and uh, we were all holding hands. They wanted they wanted to actually try and cross people over into us, and I said no, just you know let's do the energy of the people that are here. I don't like bringing people over. You don't know who's coming, you know. Right? Yeah, smart. So we were doing that, and all of a sudden, it, in my mind's eye, I saw the hallway right next to where we were, but it was nobody could see down it because they had their backs to it, and I was too far away to look down the hallway because it was, you know, we were right on the edge. But I saw a man standing at the end of the hallway, a tall, blonde, uh, bald, white man. Now, if I was going to lie about this place, this place was built by all African Americans. All African uh, African Americans live there. They, okay, if I was going to say I saw somebody down the hallway, I would have said I saw an African American person. Right. If I was trying to make up a story, right, right, makes but, sense. But that's not what I was seeing. So I was telling them, and I said, and now he's right here, right behind the doorway, he's standing right there, and I can see him. And you know, and it was like looking down, you know, and, and seeing like the whole the whole place, and I could see him standing there, and all of a sudden he seemed to get a little nervous and I heard it I heard him say I'm gone and then I saw like a black shape come up to where he was and I just told him the people there I said he just said he's gone right and I think one of the guys thought I was putting him on he goes well let's play the the voice recorder back and he plays it back and you you can hear it on there I'm gone and th- oh, now wow. they're all looking at me yeah. right and I said I'm not BSing you that's what's going on I said now there's something really nasty around the corner and I could pick up on what it was doing. And the girl who was actually a, a psychic, uh, who was holding my hand, was, uh, and she was picking it up too. And the girl that I was holding her hand, she was a 16-year-old girl who I adopted as my sidekick. She was adorable, loved ghost hunting. And I just told him, I said, you know, this thing is over here, and it's it, it's planning no good, right? And one of the guys was getting really kind of unnerved, and he goes, well, maybe it's after me. And I said, it's not. And he goes, who's it after? I said, well, I really don't want to tell you. And they said, no, please tell us. I said, it's after her, the young girl. Right. And I said, and I just said out loud, I said, you know, I know what you're up to. And I personally will not let you over here near this girl. And her mother was there and she just went all mama grizzly on this thing. (laughs) Right. And uh, then the psychic girl started in on it. And all of a sudden I saw it was gone. So, but I mean, the fact that I was seeing all this in my mind's eye and feeling, you know, its intentions and everything else was just mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds like a, a, you know, a legitimate and classic psychic type experience. So you may not consider yourself a psychic and you may consider yourself sensitive, but it sounds like you do have those uh, intuitive abilities. I mean, I've, you know, I've. It's a, it's a story I've heard psychics tell before, similar types of things. Yeah, it's uh, I, I do pick up on things, but, you know, I don't like to use that term because I yeah. think 
legitimate psychics are very rare yep. and very gifted. Yep. And, you know, I may pick up on something once in a while, and I think that's just something really trying to talk to me exclusively, you know, and I just go with it as that. Right. So you were um, with Hollywood Ghost Hunters. You did a bunch of, you've done a bunch of investigations, but you also had an opportunity to investigate on ghost adventures. Tell us about that experience. Well, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, actually, uh, Kane had met uh, Zach and the guys at a convention, and then they invited us. Kane calls him everybody. He says, uh, hey, you know, we got invited to do a TV show. Do you want to do Ghost Adventures? I said, well, hell yeah. Yeah. Right? So anyway, we went on there, and it was really a lot of fun because Kane really messed with Zach, which, which <laughs> a lot of people like. Kane is sitting there, and Zach is right next to me. He goes, well, you play all these killers. Don't you think that affects you? And Kane looks at me and he goes, yeah, you know, there's just sometimes I just think I'm going to snap. And he grabs Zach and he starts choking him. Right? Yep, I can see it. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then he then he turned him loose, and he goes, "But man, I'm glad I'm not like that." <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, uh, how to say this? Uh, we are very guarded in our integrity, and I have never seen this on Ghost Adventures about them fudging evidence. Yeah, but I have on other TV shows. Yeah, and I'm sure you have too. Yeah. So we were very guarded in what we did, and we watched them. You know, we weren't overly overt about it, but we were paying attention to everything that was going on, and they were everything they did was above board. So that was I was very happy with that. But we did have some really interesting things happen on there. Uh, Kane Kane uh, went into a little room by himself, and Aaron was shooting it, and got you know very great EVP because uh, they were talking. Aaron says, "Yeah, but you might kill me down here, right?" And he goes. Nah, I've got an alibi. And then there was two voices came up, and I, I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was something like that. The, the one voice says, "Don't say anything. They don't know from nothing." That was that <laughs> so, was an EVP voice. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So that that was really pretty cool. Um, what was what was the location for this investigation? That was the Pico House here okay. in here in L.A. Right. Right. Which was uh, you know uh, back in the many years ago, uh, Pio Pico was the uh, was from Mexico, and he was the Mexican governor of California. That's right. So, and, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And, and the place was famous because there was a big race riot there between the Chinese Tong, yep. the Mexicans, and when I say the Mexicans, I mean the Mexican citizens, mm -hmm. and uh, the Anglos, because the Tong had killed the Irish cop on the beat, and the the uh, Anglos and the and the uh, Mexicans went after the Tong, and there was this huge bloody fight right outside the thing, and uh, nineteen people got killed. Wow! But I will tell you a follow up on there, which which because I know you like ghost hunting, and this is this is very cool. Uh, the first time I was down there, I was we Nick Groff and I teamed up, and we were down below, and I was getting a lot of responses off the K two meter and which I like, and I know all the parameters of how to use it and what can make it go off and things like that and how to read it. So um, we're down there, and we got a lot of stuff. Well, about a year later, we got invited back by, you know, a group that was going to ghost hunt there, and Kane was off, so Ari and I went. And we went back down to the place, and I was telling them the stories of the different things that happened, and I was asking questions, you know, and I was getting no responses, which is very unusual. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, like a... I got a little brainstorm in there, and I turned around. And I said, "Does anybody here speak Spanish?" And this girl goes, "I do." And I said, "I'll tell you what. Ten seconds after I ask a question, will you ask it again in Spanish?" So I would ask the questions flatline. She would ask the questions four and five lights every single time. Oh wow! So that that has, you know, I've put that into my bag of tricks because if I'm going someplace where they speak Swedish you know, or German, you know, and they're from the 1700s, I'm not going to go in there and start talking English to them because they're right. not going to know what I'm saying. Right. Right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people don't even, you know, you don't think that way uh, when you're setting up for a ghost hunt. And then when you take a step back and you start to realize, wait a minute, you're talking, you know, you're trying to communicate with someone who at one point was a living person and had their, you know, their culture, their language, their uh, likes, dislikes, and you got to start thinking in those terms to if you want to make contact. Well, you know what else I do, which I think a lot of other people do too. Whenever I go to a location, I will explain the equipment that I have. 
because people go into a, an old castle from, say, the 1600s or something and say, well, you see the green light on the machine? They don't know what a green light is. They don't right. know what a machine is. That's right. <laughs> right? They didn't have any of that back there, so I will explain it. And what I'll do is I'll hold down the K2 meter where it gets all the five lights, you know, when you first turn it on, and I'll hold it up against my face, and I said, see, this will not hurt you, and I'll explain how we can communicate by them coming close and backing away and stuff like that. Uh, and I'll do that with all the equipment. And ever since I started doing that, I get a lot more interaction. I mean, it makes, you know, you you do that if you were talking to a child, you know, and you're trying to get, you know, information or trying to interview a child or or anyone for that matter. And so it makes sense to do it in this case, too. Um, so that that's a great technique. And I think more people need to be sensitive to those things when they, in fact, do these types of investigations. Well, I'm pretty sure that the uh, spirits aren't watching Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So. What, I don't know what cable service they have up there or over there, whatever it is. But they probably don't get those channels, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would think not. <laughs> so, <laughs> or they're calling their agent and saying, "Why am I not on these shows?" Right. Right. How do I get booked? How do I get booked? Um, yeah. You've seen you've seen a shadow person in the story. You told us about Mansfield. You had experiences with Ghost Adventures when you did that. What is and and actually tell us about the the experience you had in Lipcast. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Oh, it, well, it depends on how you look at it. Right, right. Uh, Scary one. Uh, we had been at, at the Hellfire Club in Dublin. And the reason that this is with Scottish Paranormal, they invited me. And I told them after they invited me, I said, you're only inviting me because you know that one of my relatives was one of the founders of the Hellfire Club. And they said, no, you're kidding. I said, oh, wow. no, John Wilkes. He was the Lord Mayor of London. He was one of the founders. So... They invited me, and we went to Dublin, and, you know, uh, we were in the Hellfire Club. And one of the guys had a Frank's box. And for the for the people out there in the audience who don't know what a Frank's box is, uh, it's Thomas Edison invented it, and it's like the precursor to the spirit box, but it's like the spirit box on steroids. Right. Uh, he actually called it the telephone to the dead. And uh, they were talking inside the Hellfire Club, and they weren't getting anything. And I walked up, and I said, uh, can I ask it a question? And they said, sure. And I said, uh, hi, my name is Rick. I came from the United States to talk to my relative, John Wilkes. And it said a couple words that meant absolutely nothing, right? And then it went, relative? And, I mean, their eyes popped open, and they're, now they're paying attention. I said, yeah, I'm your relative, and I came here to say hi. And it goes, hi, Rick. And, I mean, now th their jaws dropped. I mean, they're yeah. like, What? And I said, yeah, now I'm going to ask a question, and this will decide if you really are my relative. Did you really dress a baboon up like Satan and turn him loose into the club? And it said a couple words, and then it went, baboon. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and and just, just to show you a little verification, in my book, which I've done something different, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I haven't seen anybody had done it. Anytime something happened like that that is really, really cool, I had another person that was there that experienced tell their version. So they're both in the book. Oh, nice. Okay. And now as far as I can and, and like her version, the girl's version is not exactly the same as mine, but it has the same words. It just, she has them in different order, but it's the same story. So, uh, you know, things like that. Lep Castle. I had, I let the guys from Scottish Paranormal say what was happening. And now, now I'll tell you what happened at Lep Castle because you had asked. Okay. Um, as we were leaving to go down to Lepcast, about an hour drive, my right eye started to hurt. And as we as we got there, it was like 11 at night, and we weren't supposed to be able to go in until midnight, and they had like a party going on. So we stayed out on the road out in front of Lep Castle, And it is exactly like an Irish countryside would be, you know, stone walls and, you know, the, you know, the, you know, Ferns and all that stuff, and ivy right. crawling all over it, and stuff like that. Very, very rural, you know, very out out in the country. Well, we get out; it's kind of windy and cold, right? And the the uh, the other guys go behind the trees because it's been a well, long drive. Uh, <laughs> but I'm standing out there, and they said, "Get back in." I said, "No, nah, man, this feels really good, you know, because I grew up in Chicago, you know, a little wind, a little cold, you know, kind of like home." Yeah. So I'm, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden. And the way I described it, I felt like a spear went through my right eye and out the back of my head. And to the point that my knees buckled, I grabbed my eye and water was gushing out of it. And my first thought was that my eyeball had exploded. Ooh. 
right? Yeah. Uh, and and I was holding my eye, and I went staggering backwards, and I looked down at the ground, and I went, fall down. You know how to fall down. Do it now while you still can, because I was pretty close to being knocked out by the pain. And I started to go down, and I heard a voice tell me, if you hit the ground, you'll never get up. Now, was that my subconscious? I don't know, maybe. But something, you know, gave me a high sign. So I immediately shifted gears and did everything not to go to the ground Mm -hmm. and was able to get back to the car and kind of hanging on the side. And then I heard what sounded like somebody about a football field away yelling my name. And I looked up and Allie, one of the guys from Scottish Paranormal, was getting out of the car yelling my name. And I was at the back of the car and he was just getting out of it. So he was like, 10 feet away at the most, right? So I was very disoriented. Everything yeah. was, you know, my head was killing me, I, you know, and I was having a hard time standing up. So he comes over and he takes me behind the car and gets me some water and everything else. He goes, come on, get in. I said, no, man, I'm still super woozy. Leave me out here. This, you know, leave me out here. Um, so that he gets back in the car and th- this is his version. He says he looks out into the mirror and he doesn't see me. So he gets out of the car and he sees me hanging off the side by one hand. And he said, you know, I was as white as could be. And he could tell I couldn't breathe by just by the way I was gasping. And he, the first thing he says in the book, he says, I looked at him and I knew if he hit the ground, he'd never get up. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a recurring theme in this story. So there's, you know, when something like that happens, you got to figure out what the hell's going on here. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I get back in the car, and, and now it's time to, to go ghost hunting. And I said, guys, just leave me in the car. Let me rest. I'll come in when I, when I feel better. Well, I'm sitting there, and it was all gravel out in front. And you could hear everybody coming and going, and I would hear the crunch, 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 and I'd open up my left eye because I kept my right eye closed. And I would look, and there would be one of the, you know, the Scottish paranormal guys peeking in to see how I was. In the meantime, which I didn't know, one of the guys went up to the Lord of the Castle. He goes, you know, I think we might want to call an ambulance. And they and he goes, well, why? And he said, because we think Rick is dying. Now, out in the car, Rick thought he was dying, too. And as I was sitting there, my vision started going back and forth, like, like sideways to sideways. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, boy, this ain't good. Right. And I'm just trying to relax and, you know, conserve my energy. And then, you know what the iris is where the thing gets smaller and smaller and fades away? Mm -hmm. Sure. That started. And I went, oh, boy, I know what that means. You know, I saw enough old movies, you know, that that means it's the end. Right. And I figure if if my vision is shutting down and everything else, you know, this is probably it. Yeah. And then I felt from my neck down, like anybody that's ever been in an airplane and flushed the toilet where it goes, woof. Yep. That's what happened to my energy. Went from my neck down, boom, and I was just laying in the in the seat, you know, just sitting, leaning back in the seat, and I knew that I had only a couple minutes left. I just knew, and when that happens, you get very peaceful. Believe it or not, you don't fight, you don't yell, you don't scream because you figure it's inevitable, and you just, I, I just said out loud, and I said, you know. I've got to do a whole lot of things other people haven't done. I've seen most everything I want to see. And if today is my day, I'm okay with it. And about 30 seconds after that, minute after that, my energy started coming back. Right? And they came out and they got me. And I said, give me a minute or two and then I'll come in. So I went and I sat down for like half an hour and I felt better. Right? So I got up and we went ghost hunting. Right? Jeez. Well, about three weeks later, one of the guys from – uh now, here, here's the, the hook to the whole story. One of the guys from Scottish Paranormal calls me up and he goes, you know what I found out? And I said, what's that? He goes, two guys had a duel at uh, the hell, at the uh, Hellfire Club. One of them got shot through the right eye and died. Wow. So I figured that that spirit attached to me. Wow. And I kind of figured that it was replaying everything that happened to him. And I think when I said, you know, today's my day to go, that the spirit went, oh, what am I doing? And backed off of me. Why? And, you know, so that was, I mean, that's, I have no explanation for that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm glad I went through it. I mean, it it was, I I wasn't scared, but after I was, after it all happened, I was terrified. Sure. When you, (laughs) when you get a chance to think about it and reflect on what happened, why do you think you, were you just standing in the right place? Well, you know, it was funny. Um, 
two other guys that had started had started complaining about having pain in their right eye at the Hellfire Club. Now, I make a point of really opening myself up because I figure that will let the spirits know that I'm willing to communicate with them. Now, I do think that in this case, that turned out not to be a good thing. Yeah, um, I'm just, I mean, I can't imagine going through that. You know, I, very rarely does somebody, and I don't know if that would be considered an attack. Do you think it was an attack, Rick? No, I don't. I think it was, I think it was attachment. And I think okay. all it wanted was somebody to know what had happened to him. And, you know, because I've had an attachment before at the Pioneer Saloon. Actually, I think two people attached to me at the same time. Um, and, boy, i got to tell you, attachments are not fun. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I turned ice cold in one of them. All the people that were there touched me going, holy cow, you feel like dry ice. And, you know, I went outside. I thought I was going to throw up all over the place. Now, when you, and, when you arrived at Lep Castle, you were healthy. You had no problems, right? Uh, on the way there. I was okay. It was yeah. only when I got out of the car. You get out of the car. This, this. What was the? How much time elapsed from from the point where you felt that sudden pain, uh, you know, to the point where you felt well enough that you could actually go ghost hunt? Probably over an hour. Over an hour. Yeah, because we were out there at eleven and we couldn't go in till twelve, and it happened to me right when I got out of the car. You know, within maybe say five minutes of getting out of the car. Yeah. And then I was sitting there after they had gone in to ghost hunt for probably 15 or 20 minutes. So it was over an hour. And once you got in there and started to ghost hunt, you felt fine? Did you have any other uh, experiences that you might tie back to this individual that was that was shot in the eye uh, during that duel? No. After that, I think after it released me, that's the only thing I, the only thing I can think of, that this was attached to me and I was reliving his life. You know, yeah. and uh, when he let me go, that I went back to being me, which took a little bit, a little bit of time. I mean, you don't just go from, you know, where you're like staggering and feeling like Mike Tyson punched you with an iron fist. Right. You know? yeah. Um, but, yeah, I came back and I went ghost hunting. And uh, but I'm really glad I had that experience because, you know, how you're going to be afraid. A lot of people are going to be afraid of the afterlife. Yeah. I've. I feel like I've already stared at the face and I wasn't afraid. I was very peaceful. So I don't know if that was, that was something that uh, somebody had given me to experience also. Yeah. Another entity, let's say. So, yeah, your book is called ghosts. Believe in me. Tell me why you decided to write the book. Well, because I have, I'll be on radio shows and, and they'll say, have you ever done this? Yeah, I did that. Have you ever been here? Well, I've been there. What about this? And I'll, I, I mean, I, I just started, I decided to just start writing down a lot of the places I had been and wrote the stories. And I actually write uh, an online magazine called Hollywood Ghost Hunters Mag magazine. It's hghmag.com. Um, and I had been writing stories for that. And finally, I just went, you know what? I should just turn this into a book. I've got like all these stories and some of them are just incredible. Uh, the house in Tennessee in, in Texas was what I call the most haunted house in America, and it's not even close. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just had so many wild experiences with other people there. You know, I, I say that because I'm reticent about saying things that other people weren't there because it sounds like you're making things right. up. Yeah, right. You know, and I mean, the thing I just told you about Lep Castle, at least half the people listening are going to think I'm full of crap. Okay, and all I can do is tell you what happened to me and let you be the judge. That's all I can do. In the you know? yeah, and in the book, you tell a lot of these stories. Do you, do you talk about um, you know your your ghost hunting with Kane or Ra or some of the other uh, uh, Hollywood ghost hunters groups or people um, that are in the group? Uh, not so much. I mean, we do talk about the uh, stuff about uh, how we formed at, at Mansfield, uh -huh. and I do talk about us being on ghost adventures. Um, but most of the things are about my my ghost hunting and things that happened in my life. When you now, tell when you tell these stories, when you relate them, like you just did with the Lep Castle exper experience, do you do you get a sense of um, I don't know I don't know what the word is if it's pride or satisfaction? But I mean, do you feel a, a need to share these stories with people? Is it important? And is it an important part of your experience to be able to do that? Yes. And I got to tell you, just because 
if you really listen to what I said, I think there's an important message in there. You know what I mean? When I yeah. said, you know, I, I thought I was going to go and I was very peaceful and relaxed and the spirit let me go is the only thing I can think of. So, uh, you know, I don't think everybody should be thinking that, you know, an attachment is necessarily a really bad thing, mm-hmm. although it was turning out that way. Um, but I don't think the spirit had bad intentions. So, yeah, I, I am very passionate about what I do. As a matter of fact, I tell people, I said, yeah, you can talk about what you want and everything else, but I am the guy that goes and sits in empty castles in Scotland in the middle of the night by myself. You know, I, you know, I, that is my passion. I will always do that. You know, uh, you know, people always say, well, you know, you could be on a TV show. Well, I've, I've done 75 movies and TV shows. Right. That, that's not what I'm about. Would I do it? Would I do a ghost hunting TV show? Absolutely, because they would take me to really cool locations. Right. You know. Um, so yeah, that that would all be something that would be great. But uh, you know, it's not my not really what I'm living for. So I, I do think that there are so many things that you can learn from ghost hunting, and, and I think the one thing you can learn from ghost hunting is living it. You know, is actually live your life. Right. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of theories, and there are some newer theories that are that. I don't know if they're gaining traction or not, but I'm hearing them more often. There are theories that the ghost realm, these things that we call ghosts are actually could be some kind of interdimensional beings that were, you know, where the veil is thinning and we're, we're catching glimpses of them or they're catching glimpses of us. There's talk of maybe their time travel, uh, relationship to 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 something to do with time travel there's even an alien discussion there's a whole bunch of theories based on your experience rick what do you think ghosts actually are i really think they are people who passed away i think they're lost souls i think some are afraid to try and take the trip to where they they're supposed to go i think others have died so suddenly they don't even realize that they're gone um uh, and all those other things merit speaking about but i think they're all different stories yeah Okay, um, interdimensional people, sure. I'm, I'm, I don't see why that couldn't exist. Could they be aliens among us? I'm positive there's aliens among us. I mean, if you go back and look at Renaissance pictures, there's pictures of spacecraft in it. You know, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of things, but I think ghosts are their own thing, their own realm. And the other things have nothing to do with it. Right. So say some uh, paranormal investigator was investigating a location and they had something that happened to them and it could have been justified or maybe even more readily justified as being some type of interdimensional experience. That doesn't exclude the other things from being true as well. That's right. And he, and he could be having a very truthful interdimensional experience. You know, there there are so many things that we don't know. That, you know, I would never poo-poo on somebody's, uh, you know, say, I think it's interdimensional. He, he may be right. Right. But the ghosts, I don't think so, because I've had too much interaction with them to pretend they don't exist. What have you seen as an attitude shift among people in general over the course of the years that you've been interested and in, involved in this? I mean, it seems to me that even in the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years has been quite a shift. Do you think so, too? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I do think a lot of that is because of the TV shows um, and and the different movies and things like that. I do remember years ago when I would say, I, you know, I go ghost hunting, all I would get was rolling eyeballs. You know, nowadays I walk along with my Hollywood ghost hunter shirt and people come up to me, you know, and go, hey, yeah, I've, I've got a ghost in my house. And could you come over here? And, or, yeah. you know, I've seen this. And I mean, now it's now it's a trendy thing. And that's good because, you know, I get a lot more opportunities to go ghost hunting. So, you know, I'm all happy about that. Matter of fact, I got two ghost hunts coming up this week, one at the uh, the uh, LAPD Museum. And then I've got one that's going to be uh, live cast on Monday uh, at six o'clock on Facebook. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a couple more ghost hunts. I mean, I just got back from Wolf Creek Inn in Oregon where I went ghost hunting for a couple days. Um, so. You know, I like I said, um, it's my passion. It's what I do. If I have to pay to go myself, I do. I mean, I was in Tombstone. I did a two-hour live uh, ghost hunt from uh, Phelps Dodge uh, Abandoned Hospital in Ajo, Arizona, about a month ago. Um, do you do these on your your Facebook page? Uh, no, actually, um, the uh, two live ones will have been through Spirit Realm Network. Okay. And I'm also doing a lot of stuff with uh, Dark Zone TV. 
Cool. Um, so you, I, I've got because we're going to run out of time. I want to ask you about uh, you. You've you've had a lot of paranormal. I don't know if experiences, but you certainly you've had brushes with the paranormal on on location when you're filming in places. In fact, you you started out our conversation talking about Mansfield when you were with Kane. Uh, is it common for you to be on location and 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 either take some time and ghost hunt intentionally or unintentionally have a paranormal experience? Well, that that's actually both. But I do intentionally go ghost hunting. When we were in New Orleans, we went, uh, Kane and I and RA went uh, through the St. Charles Hotel. We went all through the basements and everything else ghost hunting there. We've ghost hunted the uh, David Omen house up in the uh, Hollywood Hills. Uh, so, you know, we, we do get out there sometimes that uh, not always uh, on a, on a movie, but yeah. Um, when I was in Australia, I went ghost hunting um, and Kane and I didn't get to do much because we, you know, movies, we have yeah, different schedules on right. the movie. That's right. Sometimes, you know, I may be on the set. He's at home. You know, I come home. He's on the set. So, um, but yeah, I, w- I will take the advantage of ghost hunting when I can. So, I mean, we've been to many, many places, you know, like, uh, you know, New Orleans was one. Um, New York, we ghost hunted there. You know, it's a, if there's something haunted near wherever we are in location, you know, I will go for sure. And sometimes, you know, Kane will go with me. Well, you said New York. Do you mean New York City or do you mean upstate New York? Well, we were in the Hamptons doing a movie. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, which sounds really wonderful, but we were there in November and December, oh, which yeah. means there's yeah. it's an it's a ghost town yeah. and not not in the kind that I'm trying to find. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so and it's freaking cold. It's very cold. <laughs> yeah. And the wind comes off. I mean, Long Island gets a lot of wind from the ocean and the winter is not pleasant. Uh, but back to this whole idea of seeing you know ghost hunting and having these experiences when you're actually in a location that you're filming i've always been curious how much uh how many times the cameras have been rolling and something has occurred paranormal in the background that no one's ever caught and if we went back rick and we took all this footage that ends up on the cutting room floor and we look through it at particularly at places like Mansfield or Eastern State Penitentiary, these places that are known to have some significant paranormal activity. And we went through and looked at all that footage if we'd catch some pretty cool stuff. I think you probably would. I know that they've caught on many cases, believe it or not, in uh, music videos when they they'll use locations that are either haunted or things like that. Not not because they're haunted, but because they can go to that location. And I've seen some where they've seen. Uh, you can see like apparitions in the background. I do know that uh, they were interviewing all the actors and actresses at Mansfield. And one of the girls was sitting there interviewing her and her hair, you know, on one side, you know, like somebody grabbed some of her hair and pulled it straight up above her head. During the interview? During the interview. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, and I will tell you that I was at another studio and they had told me it was, you know, there were, it was haunted and, I went up to the second floor, and the uh, the makeup girl went with me, and we were getting lots of hits on the K two, and we were seeing uh, shadows, especially you know uh, you know the old bottom of the door where the lights coming through shadow, yeah, where bl- where it blacks it out. We were seeing that, mm-hmm. and we were hearing voices, and the security guard and one of the other actors comes up, and the security guard was you know super macho, and he goes, I don't believe in ghosts, and blah 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 blah. And he says, what's that in your hand? I said, well, you know, it picks up electromagnetic field. And if, you know, if you go through here and there's nothing here and then suddenly there is something here, then it could be, you know, some people think that could be a spirit coming to you. And he goes, well, what else have you heard? We said, we hear hear voices. And he goes, you hear voices up here? And I said, yeah. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the K2 went off all five lights. Oh, no. And and all all we heard, and I actually have it on tape, I should play it someday, was the two of them running down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that, that was pretty cool that's 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 always a funny a funny experience and i have i have similar things and the thing that always gets me and i talk about talk about this on my program a lot of times so my my listeners uh, have heard it but you know being involved with ghost hunters i'll often have coming someone come up to me and say do you really believe in all that stuff and i say yeah i do believe in all that stuff and they say well i don't but you know what happened to me when i was 12 years old and then they tell me their encounter their experience and i'm like you know, yeah, that's that yeah, happens all the time. All the time. It's just funny how it's it's so it's not that you don't believe, it's just that you're in denial. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, you you know how I got the title for my book, Ghosts Believe in Me? How? 
was from a radio show. And the host was kind of snarky, right? Uh-huh. And he says to me, he goes, do you really believe in ghosts? You know, very condescending. Yep. So I said, okay, you're doing a paranormal show. I'm going to give you the answer that you really don't want. And I went, no, I don't believe in ghosts. And you could hear the silence on the other end, uh-huh. right? And then I went, but ghosts believe in me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that kind of stuck. People started sending me things on Facebook. Oh, ghosts believe in you. That was so cool. So that's what I named the book. I love that. Um, we don't have. We only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I want to go back to this this idea that uh, you know there could be a lot of this paranormal uh, activity caught on film or whatever. Do you like? I mean, when you investigate, do you like using a camera? I've heard a lot with you know using a K two or an EMF. You're using a, you know t- you're doing EVP. What's your favorite equipment to use when you investigate? Uh, my two favorite things. Well, actually, I use three things. Actually, I use a lot of things, but my three favorites. I love the K two because I've had some ridiculously good interactions, um, which if I showed you, people will that are really into ghost hunting always kind of go, holy crap, right? Because I actually do things like, you know, I'll say, can you come closer? And it'll go up to five lights and it'll keep going. Wow. And now everybody knows that could be Wi-Fi. It could be something else. But the next thing that happens could not be Wi-Fi because I'll just sit there. I'll say, go back to one. And it instantly goes down to one. And it happens in this one video that I have a couple of times. You know, as soon as I say it, go back to go back to one, bam, done. So if it was just Wi-Fi signal or something like that, which I've already checked for anyway. Uh, and then I, I I do other things like there's one that I have, and I asked, are there other people? Now I was two floors below in a hotel in Edinburgh, Scotland, when I was doing this. I was not holding the K2. The hotel guy was holding it, and I was just doing the talking. And I said. Uh, you know, how many people, are there more than you here? And it went off, you know, four or five lights. I said, okay, so there are more people here. I always double check, right? And it went off again. I said, if I start counting, will you make it go off when I get there? And I go, are there two? And it goes all five lights. And the guy looks at me and I go, three, four, five. And he's looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? It's, it went off at two. And after I get to five, I said, two and it went boom five lights again and you uh, see his eyes light up and he goes oh now i see what you were doing right right yeah so yeah and i've got that on film so people see that and they're like wow <laughs> i haven't seen that but my my two my three favorites uh are the k2 meter the voice recorder because it's very hard when you get somebody responding to you with a voice to you know you know just push that off and you know well that might be just whatever you know right I think that's a pretty strong thing. And the other thing that I really like using is the thermal imager. That's a great piece of equipment, and not everybody can, gets to use one of those. But man, they're 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 fun. They're good, and they they give you, they give you some really great evidence when you when they're uh, you know used in that manner for sure. Well, I have picked up uh, full body uh, signatures on uh, there. Yeah, uh, and that was actually at the Buffalo Central Terminal. Oh, and, I mean, yeah, it, and it was as clear as a bell, and, and there, the entire ghost hunting group was watching while it was doing its thing. So it wasn't like, oh, I might have seen this. I mean, we all stood there and watched it. It's great stuff. Um, we're out of time, Rick. Your book uh, is available now, right? Yeah, it's available on Amazon, and it's available on uh, Barnes & Noble. And it's called Ghosts Believe in Me, and you also have, you still write the online magazine? Yeah, the the only problem is right now uh, the two people who put it up online are both uh, on a commission right now. So okay. I, it's been a while since I've been been able to put anything up. But the uh, next celebrity guest, I like to have a celebrity guest for the main article, is uh, Steve Deshavi, and oh, yeah. I already have it ready to go. But I, you know, I just gotta wait till I get somebody that can actually put it up on the site for me. Right. So, but yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that's, that, it's a very interesting article with uh, Steve Deshabi. I did not write it. Uh, a friend of mine, Kat Hobson, interviewed him. So, yeah, that that should be pretty good. And then there's some, you know, there'll be different ghost hunts and different equipment, you know, things that have yep. come up, you know, things like that. And that's at HGH Mag. You can actually go back and look in the archives. And the other people that I've, the first person I uh, interviewed was Zach Bagans. Mm-hmm. The second was Aaron Ryder. Oh, nice. Uh the third one was Nick Groff, and the other one was uh, Kane. <laughs> That's good company. <laughs> yeah. 
well, ghost hunters all. Yep, yep. Uh, and you also have a website for the book, ghostsbelieveinme.com. Yeah, and it's not only that. Uh, as I said, I have a big love for Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually next year, uh, July 11th to the 19th, I'm uh, leading a tour ghost hunting to some of the biggest iconic locations in Scotland. Oh, wow. And Scottish paranormal guys are actually going to be there to help with the ghost hunting for the guests. Well, that's terrific. So, yeah, so it, sh- it should be really something to remember. That's and great. that's also on the same site. So, Terrific. Hey, you know, as I predicted, we didn't get to half of the things I wanted to talk about, but we got to a lot. And uh, it was a lot of fun, Rick. I hope you'll agree to come back. I had a great time chatting with you tonight. Oh, I'd love to come back. And I and, and the same to you. You know, it, it was very nice being interviewed by somebody who actually likes the paranormal and, and had real questions to ask. Well, we certainly do love the paranormal here, and uh, we appreciate, you know, when you when you tell those stories, because I've done it, a lot of the people in my audience have done it, we actually know exactly what you're talking about and can kind of feel it with you, which makes it even more interesting. Well, you know, it's really funny. I just did a uh, paranormal documentary here in my living room two days ago, and I told the guy, and the guy looks at me, and he just goes like this. He goes, man, your passion just, I mean, he goes, it comes out. And I yeah. said, well. I tell you, that's my passion, and it's true. Yeah, and it does, and that's what it makes it makes for great radio, you know, to use a phrase. So, again, thanks for being here, Rick. I definitely want you coming back because uh, we've got a lot more to talk about. Anytime, and thank you so much for having me. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.